it looks like a clam tried to eat a DVD player. <laughs> my my favorite my favorite uh, meme somebody did was it had the PS Five like standing on the standing in Mordor with Sauron's <laughs> eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's good stuff. Yeah, I I enjoyed that immensely. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, whatever. I mean, we like I said, we can we can. Yeah, let's it. let's go ahead it's, and mention it. It's news. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. Hello and welcome to the Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe. The only thing keeping me sane right now. Hooray! I am Max. Hooray! I'm Jr. How's uh, it going? Uh, oh, it goes. Um, yeah. How are you? <laughs> I had, I had, so all week long I've been dealing with some plumbing shit, um, because yours is a house. A home, <laughs> fair question uh the house uh maybe likely exacerbated by mine but uh the uh <laughs> the problem so like the thing is we've got a home warranty and so trying to get this thing fixed it's like i have to go through the home warranty but like i want them to assign the company that's been helping us out with this and they won't and it's fucking annoying but whatever so then yesterday, I get a phone call from my daughter's school, and they're like, hey, I don't know if you saw the uh, the email we sent around um, about the questionnaire, and I wanted to just be like, I don't know, I get like six emails from you fucking people a day, like, I see them, but I don't always have the opportunity, like... I get an I get emails from like uh, from my kid's principal that's just like hey just checking in seeing how the e learning is going then another one hey had a burrito for lunch feeling kind of gassy thought yeah. I'd see how you're doing hey here's a questionnaire <laughs> hey guys just wanted to let you know and it's just like I can't I have other shit going on oh yeah I have other responsibilities than just reading emails from you all but they were like so. So, you know, the thing is, my my daughter goes to an all-year-round all school. Right. They are... Once June ends, there's going to be a short break, and then they are going back to school July 13th, meaning in the building. Yeah. Which is a mistake. I'm sorry. It's a mistake. It like, is. You but... can try to be safe, but it's... Children are vectors of disease, man. Yeah. Uh, even even if their parents aren't fucking stupid, they're vectors of disease. Um, and, but yeah. So, the point of the call was just like, hey, we wanted to let you know what was going on with this. And our questionnaire basically comes down to one question. Are you confident, confident about this? Or do you have concerns and want an administrator to call you? And I'm like, I don't know how to answer that, man. Like, 
How about and the answer? And that, the answer to the given those two options, the it's secret option C, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, and and I told the lady, I'm like, I don't know how to answer that, and she's like, how so? And I'm like, I have anxiety, like I have diagnosed anxiety that like pills have been prescribed for, so. Yeah, I have concerns, but a call from an administrator isn't going to help that. A call from an administrator is going to be them being like, hey, this is Dr. Copeland, just wanted to... And then me freaking out at them for several minutes while they're going, yeah, no, I get that. No, I Uh completely... Yeah, it's scary out there. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what that has to... Okay. Like... (laughs) And so... How the fuck... I... Because my options were, I have concerns, call me, or I am completely confident in all of this. And I'm just like, neither of those is true. So oh, Those, are, te- those are terrible options. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, hope you all are staying safe out there. Uh, continue to wash all cops or bastards continue to wash your hands continue to wear your mask Jesus Christ it's really not that hard just uh, just do the cover, thing cover your nose cover, cover the your mask nose has to cover your... the mouth and the nose not this bullshit I see all the time at the store where people are like have it down on their chin and up over their mouths and it's like no it's supposed to cover your nose yeah and like but... i get it as a glasses wearing human i get what i get it it sucks try to it does it's real real suck um because yeah. you'll be going along fine and it's it's also strange because it has to do with like the pressure in the air and how hot it is and how humid it is because you can go from one environment where you're just fine and then you walk into a different environment and you can't see. And it's yeah. your own goddamn breathing that's doing it. And then you say yep. you have to stand there and try to figure out how to get your glasses to adjust. I get it. It's it's a, But that is a Larry David saw, level problem. That is I a bullshit thing. Seinfeld problem. You can do it. It's fine. You can, you can deal. Like, yeah. Unless, like, yeah. I saw a thing that said that if you're using one that has the bands on it, twisting the bands before you put it on the ears so that it makes an X on your cheek will alleviate that, but it's bullshit. Don't believe it. Because <laughs> uh, I... Here's the thing. I should wear glasses. My eyesight is terrible, but I lose them and break them, and uh, I, do, I have generally just not had the money as a general rule, to keep tra- to keep replacing glasses. Um, but what I do have for sure is I have migraines, which means I have to wear my sunglasses a lot. Oh, yeah. And fuck that noise. Yeah, um, it blows. But, but do it. So that's all. Yeah. That's our, that's yeah. our... And just, I don't know, in a general way, let's all remember to... Leave people alone who are taking a minute to, like, everything's insane and everything sort of sucks. And if you need to take a minute to just, like, uh, talk about comics or read comics or post about My Little Pony or whatever the fuck you're into, 
Um, that's fine, and you should do that. Um, so. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. You know, that's that's what that's one thing that is really hard because you know, when I'm on Twitter, I'm out here retweeting uh like everything. Just like just everything. Yeah. Just all the all the shit going on. Um but sometimes like I have to make a joke on Twitter because it's the only way I can function. You yeah. know? Yeah. And and it doesn't mean I've stopped caring for a minute. It just means that like I have to do those things for my own sanity. Uh but yeah, I don't know. Um Yep. Fuck. Whatever. Um News News. Uh, Denny O'Neill died. Um if you're not familiar with Denny O'Neill, uh, Batman is what he is because of Denny O'Neill. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, whether or not that's a good, I mean, like, that's a whole. I could I could pontificate on Batman for a while. <laughs> um, there's a whole lot of Batman. Uh, do what? There's a whole lot to Batman. I mean, well, being a 75 year old character or 80 now. Yeah. What's frustrating to me is like, so I saw a thing recently that was talking about uh, the Batman who laughs and how it's a really interesting examination of how Batman is kind of on the precipice of madness at any given time anyway. And it's like, yeah, it would be if, like, that wasn't every Batman story for the last 20 years. Like, yeah, that would be interesting if Batman were still, like, wearing rainbow suits and shit. But, like, Batman has constantly been on the precipice of madness, so doing a story about how close he is to the precipice of madness is just more of the same. Yeah. But whatever. Anyway... Uh, he also did the classic run on Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Um, he worked on The Question. He did a bunch of stuff for Marvel back in the day. I mean, like, if you want to, if you want to have a conversation about, uh, comic books development as an art form, you know, you, you go back and you start in the 80s with, like, Alan Moore and and Frank Miller and stuff like that. But then you go back further and it starts with guys like Denny O'Neill mm-hmm. who were putting stuff in there and like really trying to say something with the books they did and uh, stuff like that. That's not to say it was all perfect or that it all uh, landed the way it should. Uh but excuse me but it it was definitely a step in that direction so you know yeah uh rest in peace denny o'neill mm-hmm. um switching gears completely uh iron man is coming back this fall uh 
<coughs> Excuse me. If uh, if you've been kind of out of the loop, Iron Man uploaded his consciousness into an Android version of himself. Uh, and that's been involved in the Android insurrection that's been going on in the Iron Man 2020 stuff. Uh, Arno Stark, meanwhile, is Iron Man. Uh, well, Iron Man is coming back this fall in a new set of armor designed by Alex Ross. So, Ooh. yeah. Are there pictures? <laughs> uh, yes, there are. Uh, and then the last thing is, uh, is the, uh, the announcement. So... Sony did their PS5 event, uh, and one of the things they announced was a sequel to the Spider-Man game, Big Shock, uh, but it's Spider-Man Miles Morales, and uh, so here's the thing, I, I, <laughs> on the one hand, I love Miles Morales. There's a lot of I really like about the character, both in the comics and in Into the Spider-Verse and so on. Um, by the same token, uh, the, the, problem, the problem that I have when it comes to this specifically is that... Uh, the Miles Morales sections in the first Spider-Man game were one of my least favorite things about the game. Mm. Now, that is not because of Miles Morales specifically. They did it with Mary Jane, too. But it was just a whole lot of that, you know, hey, you like flipping around to Spider-Man and shit? Well, how about you have to do a forced stealth section with someone with no powers who throws distraction objects? Yeah. So, you know, it's like... You know, everybody's favorite part of... No. no. Can't, even, <laughs> can't even get through it. Nope. Never. Never liked that. Uh, and so, if yeah. you did, you're wrong. Yeah. I. You, it's true. If you If you liked... If you liked those sections of the uh, the Spider-Man game, you're fucking wrong. Like, I'm sorry. That's the that's the way it is. I don't make the rules. I just abide by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. So anyway, um, yeah, I. I'm excited for the game simply because, yeah, I love, I loved Disney's Marvel's Sony's Spider-Man, uh, but like, yeah, it was, it. I hope that this one has a tighter focus because I feel like the, um, the. the whole like it's the greatest game ever and it's like well i mean yeah but no it's really it's really not like if you cut out a lot of shit it would be the greatest game ever maybe but 
you'd have to do a lot of cutting because <sighs> so anyway yeah i did not play it because i do not have a ps4 so i cannot be involved in this conversation too much <laughs> i could just be like well, allow me to looked... ostracize you further so no it looked good I, I don't give a shit go for it uh but like i just it looked really good and but i don't know this console exclusives is a whole other podcast never mind uh fuck co- no fuck console exclusives i they're anti-consumer bullshit yeah they are uh, uh, it's just like I know. Well, and because I got, I got ir- like I don't even get irritated about it anymore because I'm just like, man, okay, you don't want my money, that's fine. Um, and like I made that decision way back on like the PS2 with the first. Uh... Oh shit! I'm not gonna come up with it. God of War. Yeah, well, God of War or the other one, uh, Nathan Drake. Oh, Uncharted? Yeah, those games, like, when God of War and Uncharted were huge, and I was just like, don't know what you're talking about, I'm gonna go stand over here and look at the wall. Uh, but I didn't even have an Xbox at that point either, so. I had, I think we had a GameCube, and we were playing Smash, probably, I don't know. Let's talk about comics. Unless you had one more thing. Alright. I have a lot of things I could talk about. Well. I've been having this hemorrhoid. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so Marvel Team Up Annual <clears throat> Number 1 has a cover by Dave Cockrum and is written by Bill Mantlo, penciled by Sal Bashima. Bishema, uh, inked by Mike Esposito, colored by Hugh Paley, lettered by Jim Novak, and edited by Archie Goodwin. This issue, man, it spends a lot of time fucking around. Um, the short version is, government installation, something goes wrong, everybody in it gets nuked. Later on, there's a plane flying over, and it's got a bunch of scientists and shit, and Peter Parker is there covering it. He's on the plane as a photographer. Up in first class, Professor Xavier and the X-Men are there. The plane starts to be attacked by these robots. They're named after the Guardians of the Underworld because, yeah, we're doing a whole thing. Who gives a shit? Then the plane goes down because of it all, but the X-Men and Spider-Man working together manage to save everybody. Then the people aboard are just like, Bah! X-Men, mutants, goddamn mutants always being things. And uh, so they go off after uh, <clears throat> after what caused all of this. There's some soft science bullshit about a spray that will protect them from the radioactivity, woohoo, whatever. Uh, they go to the installation. It turns out that everyone who was in the installation that wasn't reduced to a pile of goo has now become like the the personification of the various uh, Hindu gods and uh, there is a fight but then like it turns out that 
they're just trying to ascend to a new level of existence. So the X-Men help them and then they go back to the plane. Everyone's memory is erased because that's just how we roll at this point. And the X-Men and Spider-Man leave. Yeah. Did I miss anything? No. I mean, for added color, the on the plane that crashes, there's a senator, and it's the senator who is the dad of the kid from Skull. Yeah, if, Skull the Slayer, yeah, which if, we shat on a week or two ago. Yeah. If you can, like, if you give a shit, there's some con- there's some connectivity for you. Um, there are there are a few things like that, uh, like. That characters show up this week from books we haven't been reading. Yeah. Uh, because there's also an appearance by a publisher of a different uh, periodical in New York. Yeah. Who is uh, from Sons of the Tiger. Oh, yeah. Whatever it is. Um, so, yeah. So, basically, I... Oh, is this also the first issue where we actually Wolverine like act? No, it doesn't because they, that was way before. But it might be the first time I, it goes snicked. I can't remember that. Uh, I think that's appeared before. But no, you, I mean the main thing is that you're right that this faffs the fuck around to get us anywhere and then once it gets us to where it wants us to go it's a really contrived fight because I don't know why they attacked other than oh some strangers are coming uh no the snicked Sound effect of, appeared as early as Giant Size X Men. Oh, okay. So, anyway. Yeah, why are they. Oh, they were attacking specifically to get Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because they knew she was the one. They were. Yeah. That could do it. All right. Cool. Uh, sure. Marvel Team Up number 53 has a cover by Dave Cockrum and John Romita with Danny Crespi, written by Mil- Bill Mantlo, penciled by John Byrne, inked by Frank Giacoya, colored by Don Warfield, lettered by Joe Rosen, and edited by Archie Goodwin. Uh, so we have a few pieces to move around, first of all. Um, Hulk is bouncing around and he stops in this small town. Uh, Unbeknownst to him and to me, this is the small town Liberty, uh, which appeared in the in Marvel Spotlight number. Who gives a shit? Uh, The first appearance of Wood God. Wood God does not matter because Wood God makes a grand total of six or seven appearances like in the 40 50 years since he premiered like <laughs> yeah good job we didn't uh well okay let's 
let's do the book and then I can bitch about Woodcock. Um, so yeah, Hulk's, yeah, Hulk's, so... Hulk's, Hulk's bouncing around. He lands in Liberty. Liberty is a fucking ghost town. Um, but they're not just, nobody's dead. They're, no, they are dead. They're dead. Everybody's dead. Um, he finds a body. It happens to be Woodgod's father. Woodgod attacks. They fight. Uh, meanwhile, Spider-Man and the X-Men are coming back from the nest, which is the place that exploded in the previous book. Uh, they're beset by some goons who are... Soldiers protecting liberty, keeping yeah. people out. Right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Spider-Man sees that it's the Hulk, and he's like, hey, guys, I actually kind of like the Hulk. I'll, I'm going to go help him. Uh, because he knows it's Bruce. Not a lot of people know that it's Bruce. And he's like, and Bruce and he have helped work before, and he's like, I'm going to go do that. So Banshee takes him over. The Hulk and Wood God continue to fight. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, Hulk gets electrocuted and turns into Banner. Yeah. At that point, Wood God's like, what the fuck? Uh, and then the soldiers in their weird helicraft attack again, or attempt to attack Hulk, or Wood God, but uh, Spider-Man helps stop them. Uh, the soldiers are like, why the fuck are you here? We got enough of our, on our plate. Look, if you just leave, we'll all, you know, it'll be fine. Spider-Man's like, I don't know. I really like the Hulk. Uh, and he ends up saving the Hulk. Or no, at the end of this, it ends with... Well, the- Hulk is uh, it winds up that Hulk and Wood God are going to fight Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, it should be pointed out that the reason Spider-Man is not affected by the uh, chemical we- or the biological weapons just floating around is because of the anti-radiation spray. You know the way that works. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so fuck it. Um, yeah. Wood God. So the way Wood God talks is extremely irritating um because he's constantly talking about man and scream the scream the thing that's really dumb and i it makes sense in the context of the character but it's also really annoying as a reader is that because Woodgod's first exposure to the concept of death was this biological weapon, he associates all death with the thing that killed everybody else. He calls what killed everybody else the scream, ergo all death is the scream. Everybody on the same page? Good deal. Fuck Woodgod. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I get it, but this is still annoying to read. Um, And I don't understand, like, because I didn't read his first appearance, because I'm not doing that. Um, I'm not doing that to myself. Uh, Like, I don't understand why he looks like this. Um, So he's... He was genetically engineered. Uh, That's it. 
he and but the the problem is the problem that I have is that in order to give a shit about Wood God, there has to be some sort of commentary going on because the character is not inter- interesting enough or compelling enough on his own to uh, to support interest. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, right? So. There has to be, in order for me to even consider giving a shit, there would have to be some sort of commentary on something. Whether it's the uh, promise of genetic engineering, the the dangers of genetic engineering, the fact that the government sucks, which is not news to anybody at this point, uh, or whatever, there's got to be something more going on. But that's not in evidence in these issues, and it doesn't make me want to find out more. So this completely fails in that regard. Yeah. You I know, don't... like there's yeah, what well, God doesn't have enough going on. Like you said, as a character. So he needs to be about something. And yeah, he's about uh, how death is bad. Oh no! Like and like, it's not. Thank even... you for being. Thank you for having the courage to say that, Wood God. <laughs> Death is bad. Oh no! All Holy right. Shit. Next, you're gonna tell me ice cream is good. Uh, Actually, ice cream being good is a lie. I'm kidding. I don't. I don't have. <laughs> I any. was like, oh. We're going to do that now. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm lactose intolerant. I was like girding myself for war, man. I'm lactose uh, intolerant. I don't know when the last time I ate ice cream was. No, I know. I just, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, the, the thing about it is, in any given situation, when it comes to Marvel Team-Up, Marvel Team-Up is cross-promotional. Yeah, they're either trying to generate interest in a character who's got a book coming out, or they're trying to generate an interest whose interest in a character whose sales are stagnant, or whatever. But But when they do the so the purpose that that's team up's purpose, guy, spotlight's purpose, and the other sort of like premiere in those books. That that's the let's try to test this. Thing, yeah, right? that's that's where they do weird shit and see what works. See what sticks. Um, so if they did this in Spotlight and it worked well enough that they're willing to try it in Team Up, like that's a strange step to take. I don't know. I yeah. I don't know whether it did. Like the thing about it is so the the pro the problem that I run into is so wood god was created by bill mantlow and keith giffen okay and bill mantlow excuse me is writing marvel team up so i don't know i don't this may simply be a matter of the a matter of bill mantlow being like there's a character I created. No one really gave a shit when it came out, but I'd like to see if I can get people to give a shit by teaming him up with Spider-Man and the Hulk. And yeah, there's just not, there's nothing here that's selling the character. He's yeah. literally just a dude with goat legs and some super strength. Yeah. That, there, that like, talks that's real nothing. 
Yeah, no. That's, that's nothing. That's not and even that, that's not even weird in this universe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you gotta you gotta be like you would in order in order for something like this to succeed, the character you're trying to sell has to be out there working their sexy little ass. And Wood God just isn't. Like, there's not enough here well, to the, warrant giving a shit. I think one of the main problems, though, is you gotta... With this, you gotta pick one or the other. If you're gonna try and sell sell me Wood, Wood God here, um, you gotta pick Hulk or Spider-Man. You can't do both. Because well, it ends up... Doesn't a, there's, not doesn't a, help. there's not enough space in the story, then. Like, because... I, that's that's the thing about Woodgod here. It's like I'm like I don't get to meet him, right? <laughs> right? Like he just shows up and he talks weird, and I hate it. And then they run around this facility breaking <clears throat> out the breaking out the Hulk, and he talks weird and like is cryptic and vague. And maybe I'm maybe I'm supposed to be interested there. No, and uh, but because of that. I don't like there's not enough time for any of the there's there's not enough time to sell me on Wood God, right? Like right. we got we got shit to do. And by the way, I gotta get I gotta get Spider-Man in space for next week. So like we got things to do. And I okay. honestly am not sure that cutting it down to either Spider-Man or the Hulk would make a difference. I'm not sure there's enough to Wood God to that he wouldn't be overshadowed by even just one character. But yeah, I agree. Two is not doing him any favors yeah. either. Uh, okay. So this story or this book starts out with, uh, well, real, real quick. Yeah. Marvel team up. Number 54 has a cover by Gil Kane, Mike Esposito and Irving Watanabe inked by Mike Esposito, colored by George Russo's and lettered by Jim Novak and Joe Rosen. All right. So this one starts off with, the army dudes uh, throwing a net over Wood God and Hulk. Um, Spider-Man is like, well, guys, this sucks. So he frees Wood God and Hulk. Now everybody's a friend, friends again. Hooray. Uh, then they get gassed. And everybody passes out. Um, so that they can be captured. Because we got to get them into this facility. Because we got to get Spider-Man into space. Uh Everybody, Spider-Man wakes up, he's, so, the only thing, the only way I can describe this containment thing they've got him in, like, containment suit, is, uh, the, not beginning, like, the middle there, because Captain Marvel goes all over the place, uh, but Captain Marvel, when she's got the movie where she's got, uh, the things on her hands, and she's yeah. just busting... So, same sort of idea. Uh, he tricks them into letting him out of the chest plate by saying he had some evidence, pictures or something, on his person that they needed to take off. Uh, so they let him out. He bashes everybody away and proceeds to go through the facility looking for either Wood God or Hulk. He doesn't really care. Finds Wood God... And he's like, hey, are we still cool? And Wood God smashes the things off his hands. And, okay, good, we're still cool. So they run and free the Hulk. 
This all happens real fast. Uh, they run and free the Hulk, and then fight a mega tank. Because uh, that's what you, you shoot your mega tank at the people standing in front of your experimental rocket. Like, and I think the idea here is to send the Hulk into space to see what had happened. Uh, yeah. Yep. That's the yeah. that was the plan. Um, Hulk destroys. No, Wood God destroys the tank. Hulk ends up in the base in like the silo. Um, the rocket goes off. Hulk is clinging to the side, but he falls off with his first stage. Um, Spider-Man goes to space and uh, is losing oxygen. And meanwhile, Wood God kills the man who killed... Wood God kills this uh, colonel or commander dude. Major Del Tremens. Who apparently killed his father uh, with the biological agent that killed everybody in Liberty. Um, So, clearly, Tremens was bad and deserved and probably deserved to die but like uh that's the end of the wood god story i'm sure we'll see wood god again unfortunately all right yeah uh so the the upshot is spider-man's in space yeah like this was a whole lot of work to get from (laughs) spider-man's with the x-men to spider-man's in space uh but whatever so marvel team up number 55 has a cover by dave cockram and danny crespi is inked by dave hunt and lettered by gaspar saladino and susan fox the short version of this is that spidey's on the rocket he's found by warlock he and warlock then are beset by uh they go to the blue area of the moon they are then beset by um uh the stranger who has a who has a gem and is looking for atoms uh in the process we happen across the gardener who also has a gem and the stranger or the gardener is just like leave me out of this shit i just want to grow my garden but then the stranger or the gardeners just like well i really should help them so he does uh but then he has corrupted his gym by using it as a weapon what the fuck ever man like this is not the first time i'm willing to bet but whatever the upshot of all of this is the stranger fucks off to be rejoined in uh champions um and the uh this is our first exposure to the power and time gems Hooray. Um, so. I do like that Stranger immediately puts a ticking clock on how long he can be here. It isn't that because it's Spider-Man versus the Stranger Spider-Man with, a, with an Infinity Gem. Stranger every time, right? Um, yeah. So even with Warlock helping they're pretty boned um and he by putting the timer up front 
immediately, it lets us know what kind of fight this is going to be. And I actually appreciate that. Um, yeah. Because it, it mean it says to me, the, it's a, it, it's asks, it's not asking as much of me, the reader to be like, yeah. oh, they'll get, how will they get out of this? And it's like, I know how they'll get out of this barely. Um, and by attrition and all they have to do is not die. Uh, and yeah. that's what happened. And it's like, now just make that interesting. And it's like, okay. And for the most part, I think that succeeds. Um, yeah, this was the, this is the first book that we, of the week that I was like, okay, let's, let's do this. Um, this is also the uh, issue where the yada yada um, warlock back to size because yeah in he, does, case, he does he does portal yeah he does but... he starts out humongous when the rockets going by him and uh, as he it's like because he used his powers to teleport yeah. everybody that's when it's he used yeah. his powers to like teleport himself and that recombined his molecules back down to like the structure they should be. Yeah. It's a yada yada, but at least it, this is fixed and hopefully yeah. they won't do this again. Um, they don't. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, okay. I don't know. Champions. What? I was like, I don't know. I like Warlock most of the time. Uh, this is okay Warlock stuff. I mean, yeah, the thing about it is Marvel Team-Up this week, it goes from... This little run of Marvel Team-Up goes from not bad, if a bit long, in the annual, through Wood God, don't give a shit, to Warlock, where it's just like, all right, you know. All right, but a little short. Like, because they don't have much to do. It's just don't die until... Uh, the stranger has to go, um, and yeah. the gardener. Just being inter- introduced to more gems is also cool. Yeah, like the fact that there are three on the moon at the same time is incredible. Um, yeah, and we know from what was it last week's reading or the week before? Like we know Thanos is starting to track where they are yeah so that's cool so champions number 11 has a cover by gil kane and bob layton and is written by bill mantlow penciled by john byrne inked by bob layton colored by don warfield lettered by bruce patterson and edited by archie goodwin this issue starts with uh you know a warning about the dangers of the lowest uh, lowest bidder, um, because the champion's new plane sucks ass. Uh, but then there's like a UFO sighting, and so, but then it turns out that Ghost Rider is there, and he meets up with Hawkeye and Two Gun Kid, and this leads to a whole thing where Warlord Ka the sentient shadow who's shown up previously is leading an invasion of earth. Uh, the champions go to help. Uh, 
Dark Star comes along because she's just here now. And uh, <clears throat> the the end of this is basically uh, the <laughs> um, Ka is killed when Angel flies up into the air so that his shadow shrinks and disappears and Ka is like, no, and dies, which seems like a really bad like oversight like if you're a shadow person you have to be aware of this shit <laughs> but whatever <laughs> um hawkeye has ghost rider charge up an arrow which he fires at the at the spaceship destroying it and everybody's freed and they're all like yay um but then goliath who had shown up at the beginning of this issue saving them from being creamed by their shitty plane calls and is like, Hey, Stiltman's attacking my lab. Help me out. Yeah. So they go after that. Uh, uh, there's also, yeah, there's a girl that showed up with the weird glowing box. So, yeah, we finally, so if you'll recall the, this started in silver surfer number five, we find out this is the, uh, strangers bomb uh, that the silver surfer uh, fought the stranger while that one guy defused it and in the process he died uh, and after that it wound up in the hands of Stark International uh, that then led to it being stolen and uh, in the Goliath book it was in this dude's apartment he then got sucked into it, so his girlfriend is now bringing it to Stark International. Blah, blah, blah. Champions number 12 has a cover by Dave Cockrum and lettering by Annette Kowecki. Um The champions show up and everybody fights Stiltman. Stiltman's like, I suck, and runs away. Uh, Goliath goes after it. <clears throat> the champions go to look at this thing that he was after. Uh, the woman that brought it is just like, I don't know. It's been sucking stuff up. I don't know what to do with it. It's at that point that the stranger shows up and he's like, Hey, I'm done being distracted by infinity gems. So, um, don't mess with that. I need to shut it down. And they're like, you're the stranger. You're evil. And he's like, just, can you calm your shit? Let me do what I need to do or everything's going to be destroyed. Uh, and they're like, no. Um, <laughs> you gotta, I kind of see it from the stranger's point of view here. Yeah. I, I'm a little on there on his side because, like, all he does is, like, walk in and he's like, okay, everybody chill. Give me the box. I know what it is. I gotta go. And they're like, and Darkstar just goes, oh, no, and blinds him immediately, which Stranger's like, no, that's not the way this works. Blast uh, so to get that shit out of his eyes, at which point everything goes to hell. Uh, but well, the, and the it's first not, move... It's not helped by the fact that Angel and Iceman have fought him before. So they're just, he, he bursts in and he's just like, hey! And they're like, oh, shit! <laughs> and... Oh, sorry. And Angel and Iceman are both trying to decide how much they love Darkstar. I'm sure that won't be a problem. 
Um, and whatever. And Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider has a weird thing this week where he's just like not buying uh, Darkstar's defection, but also like. Why not? No, it's. it's <laughs> yeah, like Black Widow is a defector too, but like. I guess the fact that she had already defected before she met Ghost Rider means she's she's legit while Dark Star isn't, and it's just like you need to examine your shit, bro. Yeah, uh, I don't but... think this is about Dark Star. I think this is about you. I I don't even know where to begin with it, but like, yeah. Also, your head's on fire. So, yeah. uh... um. Basically, the stranger, the stranger gets kind of engulfed by the thing, and he's like, "No, you've got to listen to me now." And they're like, "Okay, fine." And so he explains that there's one thing in all the universe that can help them, and he sends them to where it is. And Hercules is like, "Oh, fuck!" <laughs> and I it is actually love up. that moment where they show up at. Uh, so it's Camo Tharn, who previously, uh, who was it? It was Sif, Hulk, or Sif, Hercules, and Balder? The Warriors 3, I think. Maybe all, was it all know. six of them? I think it was just Balder so or Jane, Sif. Jane Foster was dying. Yeah, Jane Foster was and dying. they went to get the staff of Camo Tharn. Which was then used, and that's when Sif and Jane Foster bonded. Yeah, but I um, love it. I love it that Hercules is like, oh shit! Like I just because bro Hercules, right? I love thinking yeah. about him that way to just be like, oh no, this is gonna be bad. Um, I should not be here at all. <laughs> He's gonna be real mad at me. Whoops! And they yeah. are beset by uh, golden apes. Yep. So, uh, Champions number 13 has a cover by Dave Cockrum and Al Milgram, colored by Bruce Patterson and George Russos, and lettered by Irving Watanabe. Uh, the, the upshot of this is that, uh, the champions on the world of Camo Tharn are first to fight Camo Tharn, but then uh, they... Uh, are forced to watch each other die, but it, it was all an illusion cast by Camo Tharn. Hercules is just like, God damn it. He sent us to the other side of the universe and the staff is on Earth. So Darkstar goes over and using her powers, she's able to see what little bit remains of the portal and force it back open. She goes through it, talks to um, the... She blows off Bobby, who's just like, hey, I was so worried about you, wanna fuck? And she's like, I don't have time for you. And he's just like, meh, my feelings are hurt. And it's just like, Bobby, shut the fuck up. Uh, but she she goes and informs uh, the stranger of the staff. And... Uh, <laughs> The thing that I love about this is the fact that after the rune staff was used to bond Sif and Jane Foster, it just went into a broom closet. Like, yeah, everybody was just like, well, 
staff with a lion's head on it. Anybody, anybody know what this is? No. I mean, I guess if we run out of mops, we can use this. Whatever. And they just toss it into a closet. It's apparently <laughs> one of the more powerful items in the entire universe. And it's just hanging out in the blue broom closet in the, uh, what's, what's the name of one of the hospitals in New York? Cause I don't fucking I should know. know. Uh, I feel like Cedar Sinai. Yeah. That's, that's one. Um, and it's just hanging out there. Uh, yeah. Like nobody knows. And like, I think that's great. Um, yeah. What else? There was so, something. Else. Oh, so there during the fight with shit, um, Camo Tharn shit. I think is that where that is. What are you What are you talking about? Um, Ghost Rider is total skeleton. Oh yeah. Which I don't know. I never really thought of him that way, but I guess of course. Um, but like he's all flaming stuff. He's, he's appeared. He's appeared that way in other things. There have been like rips on his suit that have resulted in seeing. It's it's all of his flesh that turns to Fire. bone. Yeah, uh, and yeah. I just uh, so. I I never I don't know that I'd seen it in this in our reading where like because it's ripped open all the way, like you can the whole sternum bone. And most yeah. of his back as well. Um, I don't know. I, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, yeah. They fought a fire monster. Oh, it's worth it's worth pointing out that in the initial confrontation with the stranger, Johnny realizes that the, there may be truth to what the stranger is saying because he does not turn into Ghost Rider uh, oh, when yeah. the stranger shows up. But whatever, that's going to be an issue later. Whatever. And um, also, what, uh, in the end, Darkstar uses the, set, the staff to essentially grow the bomb big enough to engulf the entire universe. Yeah, so the the point of the bomb was it would envelop the Earth and then contract and destroy the planet. Yeah. But what what winds up happening is the stranger is just like, it's too late now. There's no way to stop it from doing what it's going to do. So he has dark star use the staff to expand it to encompass the entire universe. And at that point it's so far beyond what it was meant to do that. It just is destroyed. So whatever. Um, Uh, and the stranger brings everybody back from Camo Tharn's planet, or from Camo Tharn, and they have a have a stand around and feel bad about their behavior. So yeah, yeah. So woo fucking who? Yeah. Uh. So Ghost Rider number twenty one is a steaming pile. Uh. <sighs> Did I did I gave the game away? Uh, cover by Jack Kirby, written by Jerry Conway and penciled by Gil Kane, inked by Sam Granger, colored by Jim Shooter and Roger Slifer, lettered by Irving Watanabe, and edited by Jerry Conway. I do want to say I forgot to mention in the course of news, uh, Jerry Conway did something really cool, 
and uh, that is, uh, you know, Jerry Conway has been against police using the Punisher skull. Yeah. Which, of course. Uh, not only that, he is actually, he put out a contest for people to do Black Lives Matter art featuring the Punisher skull, and then the four top choices were made into t-shirts that you can buy. Sweet. Yeah. They're interesting. Uh, the My only concern is that if you don't know about that, seeing Black Lives Matter with the Punisher skull may send the direct opposite impression you're trying to send. Well, but, yeah. you know. Not everything's perfect. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Ghost Rider number 21, the the short version is this. Eel, the Eel is working for Delesny Studios as a consultant on marine biology, because why the fuck not? Um, the Gladiator comes looking for the Eel in order to get some piece of, it, of uh, technology that the Eel has. Ghost Rider gets wind of it and fights the gladiator, then goes looking for the eel. The eel's like, fuck you, I don't do that anymore. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to live my life. But Johnny sees the thing on the on the dresser and he's like, um, okay. But then the eel is murdered by Gladiator who brings the uh brings the thing to uh What's his fuck? The Enforcer. Uh, which we'll find out about later. But uh, Ghost Rider finds the eel's dead body. People see him standing over it. And now everybody thinks he's a murderer. Uh, as he's running from the cops, he runs into Gladiator, fights him, turns him over to the police, and then that's that issue. Not great. Uh-uh. Not great. Ghost Rider number 22 is written by Jerry Con- Conway and Don Glutt, penciled by Don Heck, inked by Keith Pollard, colored by Don Warfield, and edited by Archie Goodwin. Um, Johnny's running from the cops uh, as Ghost Rider and turns into an alleyway, turns into Johnny Blaze. Uh, discovers in the process of all of the of all of this shit that he can actually control when he transforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, in case we haven't had enough changes to how Ghost Rider works, um, he goes to talk to Karen Page, and he's just like, "Hey, what if we made this th- this fucking thing official?" And she's like, mm, "Maybe." Uh, yeah, the relationship so then, thing is possibly the most annoying because Roxy's still around. Like, yeah, I don't. I a I completely forgot that she was there. I thought for the last like those issues of Daredevil and those issues of was that a team up or two as well? No, two and one. Champions, I think. champions, I and know. then. Uh, the last time we read Ghost Rider, which was forever ago, I forgot Roxanne was at the studio, like, working, I guess. Yeah. And then so was Karen, because she's on the show, and 
now there's a love triangle, and I'm like, wait, no, don't do that. Be with, don't do that. Okay, but they're gonna do yeah. it anyway, because no one listens to uh, me. The enforcer talks to this scientist who's going to be miniaturizing the device that was taken from Eel. And wouldn't you know it worked, and now he's got a cool new necklace that he can use to vaporize stuff. Um, Johnny is taken to see Mr. DeLasney, uh, and the cops are there, and he's just like, fuck y'all, I'm out. Um, The, yeah, there's a, there's a whole thing, like, the eel, it turns out, was hired by Mr. DeLasney directly. Uh, and so Johnny goes to check out DeLasney's mansion. Uh, when he does so, he sees the enforcer and his men leaving in a limo, uh, follows them, fights the enforcer. Uh, the enforcer now has the device as a ring because fuck it um and the enforcer gets away the ring is dropped into the ocean and who cares uh johnny goes into work the next morning and he is about to be arrested but then wouldn't you know ghost rider rides past and they're like well i guess it turns out you're not the guy we're after after all even though you like have all the same tricks as him but whatever uh and it turns out that the ghost rider that rides past was made out of hellfire who cares <sighs> fucking ghost rider right now i <sighs> ghost rider I'm is tr- the daredevil of ghost rider <laughs> 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 Yeah, like Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider is a really, really, really hard character to get right. Um, And the one thing that you should definitely not do with Ghost Rider is like traditional comic book superhero stuff. Like, yeah, you should lean into the fucking weird. Um, Well, yeah, and and by that I mean it's like. And by that I mean, like, like, when the son of Satan, when he was in St. Louis, and yeah. he's, like, wandering around houses that are becoming de- demonized as he's, as you speak because somebody fucking broke a uh, salt circle that they shouldn't have or something. Like, lean into that shit with... Yeah. that. But that, that that's what I mean. You can have Ghost Rider fight demons... Or you can have him fight, um, I don't know, like... Gladiator? Gladiator. Actually, ugh. No, it, that doesn't... That's, I guess that's what I mean. It's like, you can't have Ghost Rider just doing hero shit. Because it doesn't okay. really work. I, I mean, he even brings it up. At. Huh? I didn't know what you were getting at. Sorry. Uh, but he even brings it up in this issue or this or the issue of the previous one where he's like I'm not really the investigative type so why so it's going to take me a little longer to get around to navigate these waters and I'm like no you shouldn't be doing this like this is 
Stuntmaster's apparently a good guy now. Get him on it. Like, this is, this is yeah. a Stuntmaster problem. And the thing about it is, like, having him on Champions, it's just kind of like, you know, yeah, we, uh... Hey, kitties, you want to come see our super team? We've got a spy. We've got a guy with angel wings. We've got a guy made out of ice. We've got a guy who's super strong. And then we've got a guy who, in an attempt to save <laughs> his father, sold his soul to the devil. The devil exists, by the way. Yeah, he the, sold the, his soul yeah, to the devil. devil. Oh, by the way, the devil is for real. Uh, sold his soul to the devil in a, in a misguided attempt to save his would-be father-in-law, who... Uh, was taken by the devil eventually, anyway, because of course he was. Because uh, I don't, I don't need to tell you kids, <laughs> the devil does not follow through on his bargain. Uh, and uh, but he freed his own soul with the help of for real Jesus, um, and uh, yeah. So now he's on our team. Did I miss anything? Uh, I shoot <laughs> hellfire. Oh, yeah, the Hellfire. Uh, How could I forget the Hellfire? So, yeah. So, if Johnny Blaze, I'm sorry, Ghost Rider, uh, shoots you with his Hellfire, you will, it is a cold burn, and you will be confronted by all the sins you've committed in your life. You see, kids, sin (laughs) never really goes away. (laughs) Sin goes back to the Garden of Eden. You see, Adam and (laughs) it's just like, why is he on the team? What are you doing? Like, him being on a team like the Midnight Suns, okay. Like, whatever. Well, but it, it's like having him on the Fantastic Four. I love that because that's bananas. Yeah. But, like, why would you do it? Like, well, we need a fire guy. And our guy who can just turn into fire is gone. So, Demon? <laughs> like but like uh, okay so yeah 23 oh no that 23 is later what are we doing now Spider-Woman number 2 oh god has a cover by Dave Cockrum and is written by Marv Wolfman penciled by Carmine and Infantino inked by Tony DeZuniga colored by Janice Cohen lettered by Irving Watanabe and edited by Marv Wolfman you really hit the Dizunaga well, but I, I did notice that you had to you had to ramp up into it. Never mind. Well, you know, I'm like Johnny Blaze. I can't just jump the the chasm. I have to like, uh. yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so here's the deal. Jessica Drew, in addition to all of her other problems, is at the is at the British Natural History Museum. And a guy is there who broke in and during a lull in the action while the police are dealing with Spider-Woman, he grabs hold of Morgan Le Fay's Excalibur. I, you know, I didn't, I've never followed Arthurian legend that closely. No. Because I just don't care. Like, King Arthur, cool, whatever. Like, I, I, there's a lot there. 
And then and I just don't give a shit. And there are but, people that like for them that's uh, real c- cool and like, but to me it's just I can't get into it because. I don't know the why. thing is, the most I ever gave a shit about Arthurian legend was the Fisher King. And I can't even have that now because it turns out Terry Gilliam's a piece of shit. Um, uh, yeah. But the uh, the thing about it is, so Morgan Le Fay apparently has an Excalibur of her own. And that this guy... She created is, to... When it was used to do by the thing Ar- she always does, which is to destroy Arthur, like yeah, or England in general. LeFay's, if Morgan Le Fay's involved, like assume the point was to destroy Arthur. <laughs> like that's it. That's all she cares about. Yeah, but Marvel's uh, Morgan Le Fay. She's actually a little more interesting in DC, at least if, yeah. from the animated series is that she the few attempts there. Uh, yeah, there's it's destroying Arthur and Mordred, but you know yeah. Arthur's been dead for centuries, so there's pretty much just the Mordred thing. Um, but the point of all of this is this guy is compelled to touch Excalibur, and then Morgan Le Fay takes him over. Cool. Um, Jessica Drew fights this guy. Uh, calling himself Excalibur, but he gets away. She goes home and goes to bed, gets up the next day and looks for a job. Then she is drawn in by this guy, Charles Magnus, uh, who is more than he appears. Um, And uh, who cares? For a minute here, I thought this was the wizard from Man-Thing. Uh, I could see that. But I didn't remember what that guy's name was. Uh, I don't remember. I don't care. I don't... I don't care. I know, no, I know. Um, I know. I'm sorry. I'm making it worse. No. Uh, the guy fine. at Scotland Yard... Just... The, the detective... Detective man guy... Uh, Jerry... Jerry? Is... This is it Jerry? Is, yeah, Jerry something um, is yeah, still Jerry. looking, still looking Fucking for, Jerry. still looking for uh, Spider Woman because he's in love with her. Um, yeah, Excalibur fights a train um, and some cops, and he has a full day. Uh, yeah, but then he goes. He really does. While Spider Woman is, while Jessica Drew is at the shop, uh, being talked to by Magnus, uh, Excalibur attacks, looking for a book, and Magnus is like, "Your your ma- mistress shall not have it," and so Spider Woman fights him. Blah blah blah. Uh, they they are able to take out. Uh, um, they are able to get the sword away from Slapper Struthers and then he's knocked out Magnus is just like we should go to America and she's like okay there's nothing going on here and at the end of the issue 
Jerry's like, uh, Jerry's there and he finds the dude tied up and there's a note pinned to it saying that Spider-Woman is going to America. And Jerry's like, well, I guess that's where I'm going. It's just like, dude, just, just get a girlfriend. Like, I know, I know. It's hard to be lonely. It's hard to be lonely. But, like, there are ways, bro. Just, I mean, if nothing else, go out and find yourself a $10 gob job in some alley. Just get the fuck over it. <sighs> uh, Marvel Team Up number 56. Uh, this is interesting. The cover to this issue is by it has art by john ramita jr technically speaking so this is our first run-in with john ramita jr as an artist uh it is not his first work for marvel um he of course he did some uh covers for like reprints in the uk but his first actual work for Marvel proper was a story in Amazing Spider-Man Annual number 11, which came out before this, but we're reading in a few weeks. So, yeah. Um, so the cover is by John Romita Jr., Frank Giacoya, and Danny Crespi, written by Bill Mantlo, penciled by Sal Buscema, uh, inked by Dave Hunt, colored by Dave Hunt, lettered by Joe Rosen, and edited by Archie Goodwin. I love John Romita Jr. Uh, I fell in love with his artwork back in the 90s when everybody he did kind of looked the same. Like, everybody he drew was, like, really big, yeah. uh, regardless of who it was. So, like, Spider-Man and Bishop were the same size. <laughs> like, uh, But then, of course, you know, he started thinning out some of his characters so yeah i love john romita jr but anyway this issue has the blizzard this issue has blizzard and electro teaming up to extort the various businesses of new york city uh daredevil gets wind of this because blizzard is attacking a newspaper shipment uh Daredevil reads the headline and uh, it causes him to go, oh, shit. And then uh, meanwhile, at the Beagle, Peter Parker is there looking for money and everybody's just like, you need to get the fuck out of here. And he's like, what? <laughs> um, and it turns out that uh, J. Jonah Jameson and... Uh, Daily, Glo Daily Globe editor Barney Bushkin uh, are being blackmailed by Electro and Blizzard. The reason Blizzard went after the uh, newspaper shipment was because Jonah had put uh, a fake headline in the head uh, in there that basically said that he was being blackmailed. Help. <laughs> um and uh blizzard and electro got wise to it because they're not completely dumb 
Uh, so Daredevil and Spider-Man team up to defeat the two villains, which of course they do. Uh, we get some fun stuff about how fucking cheap Jonah is. Uh, Bushkin is annoying as fuck. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember Fun if times. I have anything for this. I I don't. It's I mean it's a fairly middling. It's not as bad as the issues of Wood God from before, but it's not as good as even like the the annual with the X Men. So it's kind of uh just there. It is so many times. That's how I end up feeling about Team Up. Um, yeah. and, and two and one because it's it's just meh. Um, well, I think I think the problem with team up and two and one is that when you occasionally you'll have a really good issue, but those are incredibly rare because two and one and team up do not happen. Because somebody had a story they wanted to tell. Right. They happen because sales are flagging on a certain book. The marketing department is just like, we need to push this book. Hey, let's put them in team up or two in one. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. There is no, there is no artistic need involved in, <laughs> uh, in the production of these books. It is simply editorial mandate. And it's really edit- rare that you get that issue of two and one with Black Widow. That was rad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Or the two and one with Man Thing. Yeah. Like number one or two. Uh, yeah. That, so. Those were rad. Um, but because. I think that it, it sometimes it feels like, well, they told me I have to write a two and one, so fuck it, let's write a two and one, and fairly or team up. Rarely does it feel like, okay, I'm gonna buckle down and I'm actually gonna do what it is that they're asking me to do, which is make the character that I'm featuring and team up cool. Um, yeah, it just feels weird. I, like I get why. Daredevil's here because clearly his book sucks and they're uh, trying to push it for sales but at the same time they don't do that work Um, it just is it's an okay story about two supervillains that I don't really like Um, yeah so I used to think Electro was cool what was wrong with me (laughs) I don't know man like what was wrong with you? <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Ghost Rider. 10-4 Ghost Rider. Uh, Ghost Rider number 23 uh, it has a cover by Jack Kirby and is written by Jim Shooter and Jerry Conway, penciled by Don Heck, inked by Don Newton, colored by Don Warfield, and edited by... Don Goodwin. I'm sorry. Archie Goodwin. Um, So Ghost Rider wraps up his adventure with the champions uh, and then he goes um, 
and uh, there's a new enemy called Water Wizard who's just robbing a bank, but then he's approached by the Enforcer, and we get Water Wizard's backstory, but it doesn't really matter. It's dumb. Who cares? Uh, Johnny is approached by Roxanne and George, and George is Stuntmaster, right? Am I misremembering that? Uh, I don't know. Doesn't matter. I thought George was one of the. Yeah, he must be. Uh, I don't know. Let me see. Um, so the 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 thing is, George and Roxanne, uh, show up and they're like, "Hey, listen, um, we're worried about Coot. He's he's being weird." And yeah, George is stuntmaster. Okay. Uh, and he, Johnny's just like, I don't know. He's fucking. His name is Coot. Like, <laughs> yeah, but he's not actually what, being Cooty. He's being uh, reserved and sort of. Uh, in, yeah, I know, in, but like, <laughs> the, I, just, I, I love the idea of like, you know, somebody comes in and just like, man, like. Old Wingnut, he's just, he's being weird right now. And it's like, Wingnut's being weird? No way. Um, that seems like his yeah, whole deal. So, uh, so Johnny's well, just like, whatever, he's fine. Um, but uh, <clears throat> the Enforcer is just, uh, the Enforcer comes and he tells Water Wizard, I want you to help me kill Ghost Rider and I'll pay you really well to do it. And Water Wizard's like, yeah, sure, I got nothing going on, I suck. Um, and so, on set, Johnny is attacked by water. Uh, he sees Water Wizard lurking around, and so he goes after him. Uh, this leads him to Delazny Mansion, uh, where... Um, they fight and he is knocked out and then Mr. Delazny Sr. Uh, comes out and uh, is just like, you shouldn't have come here. Oh, I wonder if he's the enforcer. He's not. Of course he's not. Who gives uh, a shit? Yeah. They managed to take each other out. Um, because Ghost Rider gets hit with a tidal wave but as he's going down he blasts. He gets a good hit with Hellfire on Water Wizard and... Which sets him on fire and sets, he's just like, no! Nah! It's cold, but it feels like my soul is on fire. It's like, yep. And I I still maintain that uh, Marvel was missing an opportunity uh, just doing just doing uh, Hostess Fruit Pie ads with like Cap and Spider-Man and Hulk they needed to do one with Ghost Rider, where he's just like, what about Hostess Fruit Pies? And the villain is just like, oh, well, I can't, I can't resist that freaky, flaky fruit filling. And then he's just like, ha I've got you. And burns the dude with hellfire. <laughs> and, like the dude's like burning and screaming. And hell and Ghost Rider's off to the side with a bunch of kids, just like, hmm, ah, uh, Apple's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it needed to happen. I I know at one point, uh, 
there was a script Patton Oswalt did for a Punisher uh, hostess fruit pod where the Punisher, as I recall, it was Punisher um, going after a guy called the Hooker Hacker. <laughs> and all he has left is a garrote. And so he's just like, all right, well, I got to be I got to be smart about this. So he like lobs in a hostess fruit pie <laughs> and the guy's just like, oh, hostess fruit pie. And then he like while he's distracted, Punisher comes around behind him and chokes him out. Uh, it's a pity that never saw print because that was uh, that was good. You, I mean, you can understand from Hostess's point of view, though. Well, they they didn't they didn't see cross promotion on it. Like it it wouldn't have been Hostess fruit pies. Uh, anyway, so yeah, at the end of this, he's knocked out, and Delazny Senior is standing over him. Ghost Rider number 24 has a cover by Gil Kane, Dave Cockrum, and Danny Crispy. Crespi. Crispy. I'm apparently still thinking about Hostess Fruit Pies and their her. flaky, flaky outer crust. Yep. Uh, uh, written by Jim Shooter, inked by Dan Green, colored by Ken Klatchik, and lettered by Gaspar Saladino and Denise Wall. Uh... The Enforcer comes up behind Delazny as he repeats the thing he said at the end of the last issue. And uh, they go in and the Enforcer's just like, hey, that motorcycle, is that your kids? And Delazny's like, yeah. And he's like, here in an hour, report it's stolen. And so he takes the motorcycle and uh, Johnny and... (coughs) has his dudes tie tie Johnny to the motorcycle and send him off a cliff. Johnny wakes up and transforms into Ghost Rider and saves himself. Uh, Roxanne is like trying to get a hold of Johnny and not having any luck, at which point a special effects dude named Roger comes up and he's just like, hey, what's the matter? And she's like, "Mm, you'll do. And, uh... So they go, they go get a cup of coffee, and then later, as as uh, as Ghost Rider is nearly being dashed on the rocks, we see her and Roger going on a moonlit walk along the beach. Um, but so the Enforcer is getting ready to kill the guy who miniaturized the device Eel had. Uh, because, you know, he knows too much. Uh, but Ghost Rider shows up, uh, deals with the Water Wizard, then he and the Enforcer fight. Um, (laughs) Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider knocks out, uh, Enforcer during the battle. And, uh, in the, in doing so, he unmasks him. It's Delazny's son. Um, but the thing that I love about this is we get a moment like that Justice League episode where Lex Luthor and uh, Flash switch bodies. And so Luthor goes into the bathroom and like takes off the mask. He's like, 
while I'm here, I might as well find out who the Flash is. And he takes the mask off and he's just like, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> and that's what happens here. Uh, I, Ghost Rider doesn't know who the fuck is this guy. Doesn't know who the enforcer is. So he goes home and calls the police and blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Uh, I do like that they make it there because I got to find something here uh, that they take the time at the beginning of the issue to be like, oh, by the way, Water Wizard is fucked up. Like he doesn't he's not at all 100 percent after being hit with the soul with the hellfire because his soul's all messed up. So that's actually one of the reasons why. You would think with one having water powers that Ghost Rider barely took out last time, and then the other having, you know, this goddamn disintegration ray, uh, this would be a hard taking on them both. Taking them both out is nearly impossible. Um, but you know, Water Wizard is broken and doesn't work right, so that yeah, they at least take care of that. Yeah, so. <sighs> Incredible Hulk number 208 has a cover by Dave Cockrum, Marie Severin, and Frank Giacoya, and is written by Len Wein, penciled by Sal Buscema, inked by Joe Staten, colored by Glynis Wein, lettered by Joe Rosen and Irving Watanabe, and edited by Len Wein. Uh, Hulk is still broken up about Jarella. Um... And just goes walking through the streets being Sad Hulk. Uh, there's a brief, there's a brief uh, breakout that occurs at the prison uh, where this one guy, Bruno, gets broken out by his men who have bought a tank from the Tinkerer. But who cares? Because they're immediately, they immediately run into the Hulk and he's just like, Ugh, fucking puny humans and so they're immediately recaptured but in the process of the breakout uh some water starts dripping on a cardboard box uh which is the last place we saw the absorbing man and so as a result absorbing man is able to break out and does um and uh hulk goes into an alleyway and falls asleep wakes up as Bruce Banner. Uh, There's a brief thing with Jim making his way to New York to find find Bruce. Great. (laughs) Um, But Bruce wakes up in the alley and decides to try and have a life again. Why? What do you you think that's going to accomplish, bro? Yeah. But... Yeah, it's... I feel bad for Bruce, but at the same time, it's like, you need to accept that this is this is what happens and like i don't feel bad for bruce i don't feel bad he's the hulk because he made himself the hulk again he was cured oh, yeah you're right he was cured and he decided to do it again yeah like but you could have had a normal life you idiot <laughs> what um, um he he needs to, he's supposedly a smart guy. He needs to figure out how to make this work. Like, 
he he can like it, it it will take sacrifices on his part but like there are there are ways to make this work if you want to first of all stop going to new york what are you doing like that's yeah. a bad plan you don't get to live in cities anymore um <laughs> like like i look i here's the thing i am not going to dogpile on the idea of like New York is a crapple. I think that a lot of people who don't live in New York have a twisted view of what New York is. At the same time, people who have actually lived in New York are just like, oh man, fucking New York. And so, like, if you have a stress problem, no big city is a good idea. Well, no big but city is especially a... New York. No big city is a... I mean, I'm not... not New York specifically doesn't really matter in this situation. It's just like, you have a stress problem, and also, you turn into a fucking rage monster and kill people when you ha- when yeah. you have a stress problem. I just hyperventilate and fall down. Um, yeah. like, you cannot, you're, you're not, you should not be in large spaces where you can maximize the potential for death. Um, I don't know. I, All I can think about is the Patton Oswalt thing about the, uh, the grime tunnel. Have you ever heard that? I don't know. There's a, there's a thing about how he lived in New York for a couple of months because he had something going on. And uh, for years, people had been telling him, oh, you should move to New York. You're going to love it. You should move to New York. And he's like, it turns out that all those people were just telling me that because they wanted another body between <laughs> them and the horror. And uh, he's like... Uh, my dog, I took my dog with me and the dog was having a really hard time pooping because it would just be like, you know, he'd be trying to take a dump on a walk and it would just be like sirens, gunshots, whatever. (laughs) And, uh, he couldn't poop. And he's like, so I found this, I found this relatively quiet tunnel that was just (laughs) like, grody as fuck but the dog could at least like focus enough to take a shit and he's like while I'm down there uh it turns out he look, he's like I look over and there are two junkies and one is getting ready to blow the other and he's like and I'm just like looking at my dog just eyes on the ground just look at my dog just like come on so my dog finally starts going to the bathroom and then one of the junkies just goes nice (laughs) and he's like oh i'm sorry did i interrupt this this uh this george gershwin moment (laughs) and my but my favorite part is he's like uh he's like but then i realized I became part of that guy's (laughs) story, too, about his night. About how, like, he's just like, you know, I was down in the 7th Street grime tunnel. And I had, I had, uh, Blue Lips blowing me for some, for some, uh, for some crack. But it wasn't crack. It was, it was, I was, I was lying to him. There's nothing that makes me happier than uh, than scamming my only friend for some moral <laughs> sex, but uh, 
as as blue as blue lips is about to blow me i see this random recently showered dude <laughs> with his his small dog and the dog is taking a shit and my dick immediately goes soft i dribble chemically poisoned cum all over blue lips and I'm just like, I gotta get out of this fucking scene. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, the point is, don't don't live in a city, Bruce. Yeah, don't live in a city. Sorry, like, uh, no. Anyway, so he he makes the terrible decision to continue living in New York, um, and he basically. Pulls one of the traveler's checks out from his pants, um, to which I was like, ah, traveler's checks. Um, yeah. And goes to buy some clothes, and as he's leaving, it gets real dark real fast. Apparently you can buy a gun for under 20 bucks in New York, um, which, okay. And... He's like, no, I'm not going to take the easy way out. I don't even know if I could kill myself. And it's like, yeah. But he ends up finding uh, rooms for let and uh, knocks on the door. And we are introduced to April Summers. Who's dying for that Hulk dick. So horny. Too horny for this world. Um, I, I am amazed... That as she's showing him the apartment and look like I don't I have no problem like a woman owning her sexuality is fine but this woman like is is horny for Bruce and I forget in this issue whether he acknowledges that at all no uh, but like Dude, oh, she on. does. Oh, he least... does. Lady isn't exactly inhibited, is she? That's as most as we get. But like, <sighs> just tell her, like, that's uh... a really bad idea. Like, because she's over here, she's showing him the room and like rubbing herself off on the <laughs> furniture as she's showing it to him, and it's just like, dude, you have a responsibility to just be like, look, I get it. I'm I'm nerd hot. That's fine. But this is not going to happen because there's bad shit. You don't have to be like, I'm the Hulk. <laughs> but just be like, you know, no. Yeah, you need to wave that off. Anyway, uh, back at Thunder... Uh, complete Gamma Base, Ross and Talbot have a testosterone fling. Um, at each other, and uh, Samson drags a man drags a man into the hangar who walked out of the desert. Okay, that'll definitely be important later, I'm sure. Meanwhile, the absorbing man frees himself from his box, uh, beats up some cops, and immediately starts just wrecking shit because he's the absorbing man. Um, Bruce comes downstairs, uh, hears. April on the T or April's TV there. The news was reporting the absorbing man's rampage. He's like, Oh shit. I got to keep it together. I can't, 
I can't do it. And then all of a sudden, the absorbing man is booped out of existence. Uh, where the hell did he go? We follow him to his confrontation, her, his conversation with them, uh, it's, which is a cabal of shadowy figures who are like, go kill the Hulk. And he's like, well, shit, I'll do that for free. They who wield power are, they're trying to make them a big thing, but it's Tyrannus and a couple guys. Like, it doesn't matter. It This makes no difference. Like, when they do the reveal, it'll probably last an issue or two, and then, like, we, as a society, will move the fuck on, and it will never come up again. Yep. But they're just like, yeah, go kill them, Hulk. And they're like, and Absorbing Man's like, sure, I'll do that for free. Yeah. Cool. So they give him a new costume, and he goes on his way. And the costume is bad. Um, like, stop I know... giving, Stop giving dudes costumes who don't need costumes. Right, exactly. You know? Like Sandman? Sandman? Sandman. Absorbing Man. Green and black striped shirt is fine for Sandman. Absorbing Man, no shirt, cool. Like, just stop. Uh, anyway. It's better, it's better for the character. Depend, I mean, depending on the character. Like, it's... So... Did you ever... Did you read uh, that Ahmed uh, uh, Black Bolt? Yeah. Okay. Crusher Kareel is awesome in that. Um, I and, loved Crusher in that. And I don't care about... Like, I never... I would have never thought I would sympathize with Crusher Creel. Oh, but absolutely. But It's almost as though they... Saladin Ahmed, uh, like, dared himself to use Crusher Creel because he knew people thought he was shit. And, yeah. like... That was the dare. And he was like, okay, I can do this. Fuck you. I'm going to make you care about Crusher Creel. And you're like, like no, you're not. And Crusher's I was this funeral? <laughs> Crusher's fucking funeral? And Thundra oh, coming out of nowhere and being like, I'm going to fuck up everybody here. Uh, yeah. Like, that was rad. Um, but anyway. The reason, like, that he can work if you don't put a stupid costume on him like this is because it's like, and saying the Sandman is because it's like, what, what they choose to wear sort of informs my perception of them as well. Right. Yeah. The fact that he chooses to go around fucking shirtless with weird pants, like barely any like jeans is informs my perception of the character immediately. And that's cool. This costume does nothing. It is yeah. yellow, which is weird. Yellow and blue and the, boots and it's like a onesie it sucks um yeah don't do this yeah the next time you're the next time you're designing characters for marvel don't do this um <laughs> yeah. anyway so, so incredible <clears throat> hulk number 209 has a cover by ed hannigan and frank Egg, ed, <laughs> ed hannigan frank giacoya and danny crespi and is lettered by Joe Rosen. I want to start off with saying I fucking love this cover. It's great. Uh, it has a giant absorbing man mm-hmm. on the on the grounds of a construction site uh, 
uh, choking the Hulk with his ball and chain. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. But uh, the short version of this is basically just, uh, you know, they who they who wield power have been trying to do stuff, and they they sent the orb uh, back in that issue of Marvel Team Up, I think, or yeah. maybe Ghost Rider. It was Team uh, Up. They they did some shit with Stegron and the Lava Men. And all of this, and yeah. So, um, they're like, kill the Hulk, and Creel's like, alright. And they're, they're like, the Hulk is Bruce Banner. He lives here. Uh, go and do something about it. And he's like, cool. And so, he goes after them, uh, and uh, April, meanwhile... Uh, Banner, Banner comes home from trying to find a job and he hasn't had any luck. And April's like, well, maybe I can help you out. So she gets him a job working construction because apparently, uh, comics would have you believe you can just roll in and start working construction. Uh, good to know that that's always there. (sighs) No, Bruce, you're going to be probably nothing. Like you don't get... A job that easy. Anyway, whatever. I, you know, I feel... Leaving aside union stuff, there's just the fact that I, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of jobs. I've had a lot of jobs. Uh, and I have wound up, you know, doing a lot of random shit. And it's not the kind of thing that you can just roll in and be like, I'm going to do this job now. No. Um... Yeah. But whatever. So, Absorbing Man attacks the job site because, of course, he does. Banner is knocked off and starts falling um, and turns into the Hulk. They fight. Uh, there's a, The coolest part of this is that uh, Creel, as he and the Hulk are falling, is like flailing around trying to find something to turn into any turns into the first thing he grabs which it turns out is a piece of glass yeah. so he hits the ground and shatters and it's cool yeah. um, Hulk wanders off and falls asleep in an alley again uh, Banner's asleep and somebody's watching over him meanwhile back at Gamma Base uh, they have found some random dude wandering across the desert who does not remember who he is and so on and so forth I know who he is because I looked. I'm naughty. Uh, but uh, I don't know why I said it that way. I, uh, but yeah. The best thing in this issue, though, other than the Creel turning himself to glass, is uh, Betty and Talbot have it out. And yeah. they basically are like, we're not, we're not working and yeah it's sad and it's framed really well and it is compassionate for both characters because they're just like this sucks and we don't want to admit it but we're not working um and uh at least not right now (laughs) 
we're not working. It's nobody's fault. And I have Talbot's like, before we can before we can work on us in a real way, I need to unfuck my shit because I'm clearly still broken from the uh, kidnapping the stuff, the mind Ketatonia. Yeah, the, all the shit that he went through um, from the, who was that? The gremlin, right? Yeah. And uh, they're like, she's like, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave and go find some place, you know, alone. And she, I think I like the last part, the last panel the best is because, okay, there's a decision that's been made for what Talbot's going to do. And then he's like, well, what are you going to do, Betty? And she's like, well, like, guess I'll come help you pack. Like, that's nice because they're yeah. not admitting defeat on the entire relationship with that line to me. They're not like, this is all over. It, they just mm -hmm. admitted that it's not working and they need to do something, which is cool. Um, yeah, I like this page probably the most out of the whole, everything in this week. Um, just because it's a real situation, I don't know. I like it. Well, and they they handle it. They handle it like it's a real relationship. Yeah. Instead of like Sharon during Kirby's run on Cap, where she's just like nagging at Steve. Uh, stuff like that. Like, this is treated as two people who are doing the best they can, and there's something insurmountable, and they're just dealing with it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a downer. Oh, uh, Jim's in Kansas. Yeah. So, he's on his way to getting to New York. Ask gas or grass, Jim. Yep. The Watcher's Guide's Top 5. Top 5. Howdy. All right, so number five. Uh, howdy, howdy, howdy. Uh, there, weren't, there wasn't a lot this week. So uh, as, a, as a reach, there were three gems in one place. Um, that's... The first time that's happened, that is a big deal. If you know, you know, what we know, looking back at this, it's like, holy shit, that's important. Um, and especially since we know from, well, we have too much context and back knowledge or for not what, looking back at it. Um, and we do like time travelers from the future. man. <laughs> And having all three of them in one, or having three of them in one place is a big deal, especially when you know that uh, Thanos is out there actually starting to mount his campaign to yeah. acquire all of them. Um, this will take well. This will take another twelve years to play he out. He has to die. Yeah, he has to die. That's one of his, and that's part of the plan. Um, yeah, that's cool. Uh, or a tease of something that will be cool later. Um, number four, April Summers is too hot, is too horny for this world. Because, and like, God bless it. Um, number three, like, yeah, 
Number three, Herc, bro Herc being like, oh shit, we shouldn't be here. I don't want to, oh no. Oh man, he's going to be pissed. Um, he was pissed before. Shit. Uh, I just like, I, I, I like to imagine that between those two issues, that he's, there, there's actually just 20 minutes of them standing around me with him doing that. Uh, everybody else is just like the stranger is doing his best to hold back the bomb we really should hurry and Herc's just like oh fuck oh fuck uh number two or no number yeah number two that's number two uh number three number two is Creel turning into glass um because that was rad and uh a good way to like solve that problem and number three or number one is uh um betty and talbot having it out and like yeah that's that was a really good moment um easily the best of the week so that is me uh yeah yeah fucking rough uh number five the the thing that I like about this is uh so my number five is just that Wood God just kind of fucks off. And <laughs> the reason the reason I say that is because uh after Major Tremens is uh is killed off, uh the the everything just kind of ends like all this stuff about uh about like the government cover-up of what happened in liberty just never comes up again so like that's it like this 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 non-biological entity has just wandered off of a military base and everybody's just like, it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I do all, I do also like that, uh, that the major's last name is a, is a reference to the DTs. <laughs> oh God. Well, his name is Del Tremens. Yeah. Delirium Tremens. Like, what the fuck, man? Whatever. Anyway, I think that's probably Keith Giffen's doing, but whatever. Uh, so, yeah, Wood God just fucks off. Number four is, uh, hooray, John Romita Jr., Number three is the cover to Hulk 209, because I really like it. Number two is Absorbing Man Shattering, and number one is Glenn and Betty. Yep. Not a lot of shocks there. No, but that's just, like, there's just not a lot going on this week. It was a lot of... I think the biggest shock in my list was the fact that Wood God was on it at all. Yeah. I wouldn't have called that. Yep. Anyway, 
next week we have a little bit more Hulk, some Captain Britain, some more Marvel team up, an issue of Nova, and then just a fuck ton of Master of Kung Fu. Uh, excuse me. Join us then. Uh, in the meantime, like us on Facebook. Follow us both individually and at Watchers Guide MU. Uh, visit our website at watchersguide.com or email us at watchersguide at gmail.com. Have a marvelous week. Bye.